Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one for you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices. Check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What you're about to hear is a special preview of our new premium, private, and ad-free podcast, More Personal. It's typically only available for the highest two levels of supporters of About Progress. You can check out all the benefits supporters get and sign up at aboutprogress.com slash support. Welcome to More Personal, where we lean into the personal side of personal development. I'm Monica Packer, and today's feature is The Book Report. Today, I am sharing a no-spoiler report on my very favorite book from 2023 and top three favorite of all time, The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese. I have been dying to share my report and also my review of this amazing book with you. We are always going to start these book reports with a quick summary, and this is my own summary Here we go. The Covenant of Water is a sweeping novel that depicts three generations of a family set in Southwest India from the years 1900 to 1970. It begins as a 12-year-old girl is preparing to enter an arranged marriage with a 40-year-old widower. Now, while the start like that would typically be enough to deter me from being interested in a story like this, it quickly becomes one that paints the picture of the faith, family, and frailty that weave humanity together, 
both insularly within families and extending outward to the other lives that get interwoven as important threads that make up the fables of a family's history. The Covenant of Water is a book that takes itself pretty seriously. It's 724 pages, it's 10 parts, and it has 84 chapters. Where it lacks in humor, and it's not very funny, it does make up for in striking commentary of what it means to be human, but done so in ways that feel like allegories rather than sermons. That young girl becomes this Christian family's matriarch, nicknamed Big Amachi, that oversees decades of both beauty and pain in ways that are small and large, cutting and devastating, and fantastical and relatable still to readers. It ends with Big Amachi's granddaughter making a surprising discovery that ties together all the loose threads that were spread throughout the novel a novel that is centered on both the curse and the covenant of water. With that summary behind us, I do want to share about the author and this book. The author is Abraham Verghese, and this is so fascinating to me. He's actually a medical physician, a doctor of infectious diseases. He holds his own clinical practice, and he's a very distinguished professor of theory and the practice of medicine at Stanford Medical School. Verghese grew up an Indian Christian in Ethiopia, and he immigrated to the U.S. for his medical career. Now, mid-career, he began to take his hobby of writing more seriously, and he first became well-known for the book Cutting for Stone. His passion for both medicine and humanity are evident in all his writing. After the book Cutting for Stone came out, it took Verghese 14 years to write The Covenant of Water. Another thing I'm so excited to learn about that it took someone this long to create a work. And it was inspired by this 157 page illustrated document his mother created for her five-year-old granddaughter who wanted to know what life was like when her grandmother was growing up. When it was released in the spring of 2023, the novel became an instant New York Times bestseller, and that was boosted by being the 101st pick by Oprah Winfrey's book club. Oprah actually released a six-part podcast series with Verghese, and I was delighted to hear how much this book changed her because The book changed me so much too, and I highly recommend listening to that six-part series. You can find it at her Super Soul podcast. It's it's for free on all your podcast apps. Um, I also enjoyed hearing more about Verghese's writing process in this six-part series because he mostly tends to have no idea where the story will take him. He just rides the ride. And you also get to hear more of his own thoughts on faith, family, and humanity as a whole. Oprah has the rights now to the book and will be eventually creating a visual adaptation in years to come, and I really look forward to that. How was this book received? It mostly had really high praise. I did find this New York Times uh, critic really nitpicked the characters. Uh, His last name is Solomon. 
And Solomon thought that the characters were a bit more like caricatures than real people. But I do not agree with him. And I think the reason he thought that is because he didn't like that there weren't like really bad characters in the book, some that were a little bit more like the villain. But I think the characters reflect Verghese's um, humanist beliefs that we are mostly good, but with a lot of flaws, because all these characters are very good, but they're very, very flawed. Um, and another crit critique that came about uh, Solomon, that New York Times critic, thought that the characters were a bit more stereotypes and India and its history were a bit fluffed up for easier consumption, which I can see are true. But most critics absolutely loved this book. And that's no different than his first book. His first book sold over one and a half million copies and was a long standing New York Times bestseller. And um, I couldn't find how many books. Uh, the Covenant of Water has sold yet. It, I, I don't, don't know where that information is. I, I searched and searched for it, but I'm really certain it's going to be even more than Cutting for Stone. I read Cutting for Stone. I thought it was great, but Covenant of Water is just a whole other level. But I do know this, as of January of 2024, The Covenant of Water is still currently number 12 on the New York Times bestseller for fiction hardcover, and it's been on that list for 32 weeks. So it's been received very, very well. How I read this book was in audio form. I listened to it on my app called Libby. It's free and it connects to your library. Now, I just saw this as a book that a lot of people were checking out. So I got on a waiting list. I come into most of the books I read completely blind. So I had no idea um, what the book was about. I also had no idea that Abraham Verghese himself is the one who narrates the audiobook, but I think he does a fantastic job. I was initially a little bit worried about the 30 plus hours and the beginning of the book, like I shared in that quick summary, almost turned me away from reading it. But I'm glad I persevered because I quickly got swept up into this family's world and I could not stop listening. I went through that 30 hours in just a few days and I felt so sad when the book ended. It immediately became my favorite book of 2023 and now one of my favorite books of all time. I can't stop recommending it. I'm not going to share what I did not love about the book and what I did love. Oh, this is just me getting really, really particular because there was not much I did not like about this book. The only thing was in the audiobook, there was a character who has a Scottish accent, and I thought that was a little bit off. But once I found out after listening to the book that the author was the the narrator, I thought, oh, he gets a pass because if I were to try a Scottish accent, it would sound nothing even close to as good as he was able to pull off. So that was given a pass. Now, another thing I haven't loved was not how it was written, but rather how it's been accepted in some circles. I recommended this book a lot on Instagram, but one of the women who wanted to read this in her book club came back to me and said, my book club rejected reading this book because there are some intimate scenes, meaning there's sex in there. And I just want to say sex is part of life and it's an important part. And I don't like that people won't read this book because there are some scenes of that in the book. But I want to tell you, none of these scenes were about tantalizing the reader or objectification. They were about the bonds that are formed and sometimes severed through sex and the complicated connections we can carry as committed couples from the inside out and how this part of relationships 
reflect the greater pieces of who we are, both together and apart. So that again was me being very particular because that's not even a criticism of the book. I just don't love that people won't even read it because there is some sex in the book. Now, what I did love, there's a line from the book that perfectly represents what I loved about it so much. This is a line. Fiction is the great lie that tells the truth about how the world lives. To me, that's what this book was. It tells the truth about the whole world, about us. In the book, I love that every character suffers. I don't love that they suffer, but I love that there's beauty in the pain, in the suffering. I love that each person's story is so complex and each character is flawed. But when we get to go into their stories, we better understand those complexities and then we have more grace to forgive these characters for their humanness. Abraham Verghese makes these people come to life in all their nuances. I found them very nuanced. You can easily see them both physically, but also wholly from the inside out, like as a full person that you really know. His insights on the world and through the people are so wise. And I found those insights are so expertly crafted and tucked into the character's own observations of life and their lived experiences. So you kind of get this, this is what life is all about feeling, but without getting hit over the head with it. And finally, I love that Verghese is such a beautiful writer with a lot of craft, but he does that in ways that you're not called to pay attention to his own skill. It kind of just sneaks in there. So that's what I loved. I do want to share some of my favorite lines too, and these do not spoil anything. It's really important to me that these book reports will never spoil anything, but here are some of my favorite lines. We don't have children to fulfill our dreams. Children allow us to let go of the dreams we were never meant to fulfill. My second favorite line, I have been bent and broken, but I hope into better shape. And my final favorite line, the water she first stepped into minutes ago is long gone and yet is is here, past and present and future inexorably coupled like time made incarnate. This is the covenant of water, that they're all linked inescapably by their acts of commission and omission, and no one stands alone. That last quote in particular, I think, is the book in a nutshell. The next segment is questions for the author that I would pose if I had just a few minutes alone with him. The first question I would ask him is, this book took you 14 years to write. Why? Were there times where you wondered if you would ever be able to finish it? How often did you feel like giving up? Did you take any breaks? And what did you do during those moments? That was a very long question. The next question I would ask him is, what has your experience been in balancing craft with perfectionism? Another question is more of a character study. Which character would be your real life friend? Which one is more like you? Which one did you find the most difficult to compose? And two more questions. This book has impacted so many people in life-changing ways. Even Oprah says her life will never be the same after reading this book. How does that reaction sit with you? What do you do with the pressure to create another life-changing book like this? 
And finally, how has the covenant of water changed you? I want to end with my rating and why. My ratings are one to five, five being the books that I would read over and over and over again. Four is still a great book. Three is a good book, would recommend it. Two is an okay book. And one is did not finish. This book is a five out of a five. And that's because I will read this book over and over when I want to be reminded of the beauty of humanity in spite of our complicated natures, when I need my own hardships to be both seen and soothed, and when I yearn to feel connected to the bigger whys behind the universe, why we're here, and what matters most. That, my friends, is the report of The Covenant of Water. I have linked to where you can buy it in the show notes, as well as the sources I used in crafting this report. Before I go, I want to tell you what I'm reading right now. As of January 1st, I finished my first book of the year, The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. It's an audiobook. I really loved it. And on my Kindle right now, I'm reading a book about J. Crew. <laughs> it's, it's a nonfiction one. I'm finding it really fascinating, um, but I'm about two thirds through that. As a reminder, being a supporter of About Progress gets you access to my private reading diary. With all of the books I am reading and have read this year in 2024, my ratings and quick and honest reviews. Supporters at the Bestie and Ride or Die level also get a PDF version of this book report that you heard today so that you can use it as a reference and a guide to discussions you may host in a future book club of this book. You can find that PDF on the book report section after logging into your online supporter portal. Thank you so much for your support and for listening. Now go and read something today. If you liked what you heard today, then you'll love More Personal, our new premium podcast that is both private and ad-free for the highest two levels of supporters of About Progress. As a special treat all January, we are airing More Personal episodes to the greater public, but come February, they'll be back to being exclusive. You can explore the three levels of support, their special benefits, and sign up as a supporter at aboutprogress.com support. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.